Once again, welcome to Paradise Valley Christian Church. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us, whether it be in person or again online. And uh, if you're visiting from out of town, thank you for again for being the body as you come from all different locations and come together uh, as the body of Christ. Excited to continue to uh, seek where God is leading us as a congregation and desiring for God to be the one that directs our path and continue to pray for our leadership as we desire to uh, see the kingdom grow here in the Casper area, the Paradise Valley area, even to reach 3% of this area uh, would would increase, you know, the impact of our congregation into the this uh, community. And so we're excited. Uh, we're happy that you're a part of that. And we pray that God will stir in your heart where you might be used more effectively for the kingdom of God. Uh, from the youngest to the oldest, a part of this congregation. And we've been going through, uh, we just started a, a series on uh, parables through Matthew. And then we had a week break last week as we celebrated Memorial Day and thought about the security and, and thought about the freedom and the peace that we have, not only in this country, but as believers in Jesus. And today we're back into the parables through Matthew. And so we're going to be in Matthew chapter 7. And we're going to start in verse 1 of chapter 7. We're going to wrestle through some w- words that are fairly easy to say, but maybe a little bit more difficult to actually live out. And they're words that Jesus speaks. Again, if you have a red letter edition Bible, these words would be in red. In verse 1, it just says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. And as this is part of the Sermon on the Mount, we're not doing a series through the Sermon on the Mount. Some of these parables show up here in the Sermon on the Mount. But we are looking at this idea this morning of being judgmental. And for most of us, when it comes to this idea of being judgmental, all of us maybe have someone in our minds that should be here to hear this message, right? We, we know that one person that should be here to hear this message on being judgmental, and none of us are in that category, of course. Not, that, that's, this shouldn't apply to any of us. Being judgmental is always a, a problem for someone else, isn't it? But very rarely do we meet someone who says, yes, I I am one of the most judgmental people you will ever meet in your life. We don't really run into those kind of people, do we? In fact, uh, a lot of people would never say anything of that nature. We oftentimes will say, I'm not judgmental, I'm just right. Right? Oftentimes, you know, when we think about this idea of, of judging somebody, in my mind, I picture maybe Jesus coming alongside me, putting his arm around my shoulder, and he's like, get him, Charles, that's right, that's, you tell him what's right, okay, and, and, and when we think about this, we think about Jesus saying, you know, I, I got your back, you know, I, I feel the same way that you do, and, and you, go get him, Charles, and, and maybe you've had that mindset at, at different times in your life. And it's why we think that we're non-judgmental is because a lot of times we think Jesus is always on our side. That, that we're right and that Jesus has got our back. And I would just like to gently propose to you this morning that maybe this message might be not for somebody else, but maybe this message might be for you. And the reason I know that is because I know this message is for me this morning. Will you pray with me? Father, this morning, we're asking that your Holy Spirit 
that lives within us, that your Holy Spirit would challenge and convict, uh, that your Holy Spirit would change us, and as we read the words of your Son, Jesus, that we would take to heart what is being taught here. And it's in the name of Jesus I pray, amen. Again, Matthew chapter 7, starting in verse 1, going through verse 5, I'm reading from the NIV, it says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. In your bulletin, there's a... a, a location there, a place where you can take notes if you'd like to do that. I had a, the, we had some um, people that are relatives, uh, Errol Wright uh, and his family were in services, first service, and one of their little daughters uh, showed me all the notes on the page, so I just want, they're from Indiana, so I don't know if that's an Indiana thing, but it could be a Wyoming thing, you could take notes as well. But if you were to take notes this morning, I would encourage you to write down the first thing as we look at verses 1 and 2, that we proceed with caution. When it comes to judging, criticizing, when it comes to, to looking at the lives of others, that we proceed with caution. Again, these verses in verse 1 and 2 says, Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In his little book, Illustrations of Bible Truth, H.A. Ironside pointed out the folly of judging others. And he related an incident in the life of a man called Bishop Potter. He was sailing from Europe on one of the great transatlantic ocean liners. When he went on board, he found that another passenger was to share the cabin with him. After going to see the accommodations, he came up to the purser's deck, which I had to look that up, a purser's those that handle the finances on board a ship, and inquired if he could leave his gold watch and other valuables in the ship's safe. He explained that ordinarily he never took advantage of that privilege, but he had been to his cabin and he had met the man that was sharing the room with him, and judging from his appearance, he was afraid he might not be a very trustworthy person. The purser accepted the responsibility for the valuables and remarked, It's all right, Bishop. I'll be, a, I'll be very glad to take care of them for you. The other man has been up here and left his valuables for the very same reason. See? When we go to judge somebody else, we have to be very cautious. And the word for judge is krino in the Greek, which simply means to separate. So what is Jesus getting at then in these verses? Well, the word judge in this context means to pronounce judgment, the expression of strong disapproval or harsh criticism. It refers to the act to act the part of a judge or to pass judgment on the words and deeds of another. 
Jesus says, do not judge, right here in verse 1. So the question that comes to mind, though, is does that mean that all judgment is wrong? Well, I would have to answer that no. There are some occasions mentioned even in the Bible when Christians are called to exercise judgment over others. And I'm not going to take the time to read through all these verses. If you want to write them down, 1 Corinthians 5, 3 through 5, and verses 12 through 23. Here Paul judges a man guilty of fornication with his father's wife, and he condemns the man and his actions, and he calls the church to do the same. In Matthew 7, verses 15 through 20, we are obligated to examine the fruit of those around us and base our fellowship with that person based on what we see in their life. Matthew 18, verses 15 through 18, there are times when the church must, must exercise discipline against the wayward member. This will require judging their fruits according to the word of God. You see, according to the word of God, not your opinion or my opinion, but what does God's word say? And, and so what Jesus is, is talking about here is this idea of, of judging when it comes to being overly critical, to condemn someone, to, to judge or to censor. It's this old fault-finding attitude. It carries the idea of being nitpicky. It's the habit of disapproving and disapproving criticism. It, it means to be having a critical spirit that sees only the bad in others. Jesus is talking about looking at people and attempting to judge their motives and their real spiritual condition based on what we see in their lives. The idea here is that the judge presumes to know the condition of another's person, another person's heart and another person's mind, their, their motives. And he sets himself up as the judge and jury and proclaims the guilt or innocence of all those around him. You see, this is the attitude that Jesus condemns. We really have to be careful that we don't carry that same kind of attitude. In verse 2, again it says, For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. As I taught junior high and high school kids for 15 years, I, I talked about the reality that, you know, that's a, this idea of, you know, judging someone is so common in our culture. It's a verse that many people in our culture know because nobody wants to be judged. And, and I always try to impress on them, it, it's really not us. It's, it's us sharing the truth of God's word and allowing the Holy Spirit to work on their heart and their mind. See, we have to be careful. In Romans chapter 14, verse 12, it says, So then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. We are going to be judged, 2 Corinthians 5.10, for we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. In that day, God will use the same yardstick to judge the critic that he used 
to judge others. You know, for me, that's, that's a scary thought. Consider these verses the next time you think about sitting in judgment of another person. James 2, verse 13. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. And Luke 6, verse 37 and 38. Do not judge, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn, and you will not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. A good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, will be poured into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. In other words, when you judge another person, you will eventually reap what you sow. By the way, for every person you watch and criticize, there is one that's watching you and criticizing your life. So here's the bottom line. We have no right to judge and criticize the lives of those around us. And there are a few good reasons why I say this. The first is, don't criticize because you don't know all the facts. I read a, an, of an owner of a manufacturing a plant who decided to make a surprise tour of the plant. And as he was walking through the plant, kind of looking things over, he noticed a young man that was just leaning up against the wall, not doing really much of anything. And so he went over to the young man, and the boss said to him angrily, How much are you paid a week? Well, the young man's eyes got rather big, and he said, uh, three, 300 bucks. Well, the boss pulled out his wallet and peeled three $100 bills, and he gave it to him and said, here's a week's worth of pay. Get out of here and never, ever come back. Well, with, without a word, the young man stuffed the money, money in his pocket, and, and he took off. And the warehouse manager was standing nearby staring in amazement. The boss walked over to him and said, tell me, how long has that guy been working for us? And the manager said, he didn't work here. He was just delivering a pizza. <laughs> well, we shouldn't be so quick to criticize because we may not know all the facts. Don't criticize because we all fail God. We all have sinned. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. First John chapter 1 verses 8 through 10 says, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If we claim we have not sinned, we make him out to be a liar and his word is not in us. You see, we've all fallen short. We're in the same boat as everyone around us. Don't criticize, because when you do, you're attempting to assume the authority of God. When we put ourselves in the place of being the judge and the jury, we're trying to put ourselves in the place of God. And James 4, 11 through 12 says, Brothers and sisters, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against a brother or a sister or judges them 
speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you are not keeping it, but sitting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, the one who is able to save and destroy. But you, who are you to judge your neighbor? And so I would encourage us to proceed with caution. And I would also encourage us this morning to to take a step back. As you look at verses 3 and 4, it says, Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? I'm sure many of us have had something in our eye. A lot of times for me, it's like an eyelash, or maybe it's a contact that's rolled up and has gone in the back of my eye, and it's really difficult. My wife, she has really thin contacts. They're dailies that just throw them away. And so they breathe better, but then they're also very thin, and so when you're taking them out, it's easy to tear them. And there's been multiple times when Autumn has gotten a torn piece of uh, contact, just real thin, real you know, clear, can't really see it, and it's in the eye, and, and she kind of gets almost a little panicky because it's painful, it hurts, and so I try to you know do my best, calm down, and try to try to open her eye, and your, your eyes like ah, you know, you can't open your eye, it's really difficult to get it out there, and I'm trying to imagine what that would have been like if I had a plank in my eye. If I, with a plank or a log or a two-by-four in my eye, and here's Autumn in pain, and she's trying to get the the contact, the speck of a contact out of her eye, and I'm just like, oh, just a minute, honey, you know, just come a little closer, you know, okay, farther, I I, I don't know, I can't really help you, and then, you know, she's, I'm hitting her in the head, that, you know, it's just ridiculous, isn't it, to think about this concept, Jesus does that all the time, we a couple weeks ago, we read that, you know, who lights a lamp and then puts a bowl under it? That's craziness. Don't do that. Be the light of the world, okay? Same thing is true here. Jesus is saying, what crazy ridiculousness is it to say that, oh, I'm going to help you get something very tiny, minute speck of sawdust out of your eye, while all the while you have a plank in your own eye, you know? How difficult would that be to help that individual, And so for us, as we think about this concept of of judging, the imagery that Jesus gives us, it's just crazy, ridiculous. And yet, isn't that what we do a lot of the time? In fact, just the other day, my kids, uh, a lot of them do it quite often in in the sense where one of my children, I won't mention any names, came up from the basement and and. was telling on one of their other siblings. They said, you know, so-and-so pushed me. They shoved me. And, and we said, okay, well, what did you do? What, what was the situation? Well, I shoved them first. Well, what do you mean? You just ran up the stairs to tell on one of your siblings when you had just done the exact same thing. And the reality is, adults, we oftentimes are looking at so-and-so and we think, well, so-and-so did this. Well, look at them in their lives. They're, they're, they're not very good. They, they've got messed up. All the while, we've been doing the same things. We, we have the same struggles. We, we judge one another, and we, we always do so with a warped perspective. Jesus wants us to, to take a step back 
and really evaluate our own lives. The problem with judging others is that we are often guilty of the same or worse sins ourselves. Romans chapter 2, verse 1 says, You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself. Because you who pass judgment do the same things. We're like our children, where we come and tell on them, our siblings, when we've been doing the exact same thing. None of us are anything to brag about. While we look at the way some people dress or the way some people act and at the outward signs of sin in their lives, we are often blind to our own prejudices, hypocritical spirit, and other sins that lurk within our own heart. What makes me think that I'm in any position to straighten you out when I'm such a mess myself? And here's the hard part. Here's the truth that is so hard to swallow. Jesus is saying that the sin of the critic is greater than the sin of the person being judged. When we talk about the the flaw that is visible in someone's life, we reveal a canyon in our own life. We are revealing a heart that lacks compassion and love for our neighbor. That ought to make us stop and think before we tear another person down just because they don't live up to our standards. An old poem puts it this way. There is so much good in the worst of us and so much bad in the best of us that it hardly behooves any of us to talk about the rest of us. When we take a step back, we're convicted that we need to remove the log out of our own eye. Verse 5 again says, You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. See, Jesus uses some pretty strong language here right at the beginning of verse 5 where he says, you hypocrite. He calls them these people that judge and they criticize that they're hypocrites. He says that when when we do this, we're merely acting like we're holier than we really are. And then he offers some valuable counsel to those of us who fall into this trap at times. Jesus tells the the would-be judge to first clean up his own life, to first remove the log from their own life, and then, then you'll be better equipped, that you're, you're, you're in a better position to help out your brother. You see, when our own heart is clean, we are told that we will be able to see clearly. And granted, yeah, we're going to probably be able to see clearly the speck in, the, in our brother's or sister's eyes. But beyond that, more importantly, I believe that I think we're going to be able to see a whole lot of things more clearly. We, we will see our own heart more clearly. We will understand that we too make mistakes and have a lifetime of growing to do. 
We will see God and the fact that God is the one ultimate true judge. That we will all will stand before him someday. We'll see that more clearly. We will see our brother and sister in Christ more clearly. We will see them in their need for love. We will see them in their need for compassion and help. We will see them more clearly. When our own heart has been fixed, when our own vision has been cleared up, we will be able to reach out to our fellow brother and sister, or we'll be able to reach out to a sinner in the right spirit. We will not approach them with a spirit of judgment, reproach, and condemnation. But we will be able to come to them with a spirit of compassion and restoration. And that's the way it should be. Galatians 6, verses 1 and 2 says, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. See, there ought to be a desire to help a wayward Christian and to win a lost sinner. Neither are possible if we have a judgmental, critical attitude. When we walk in love with one another, that's when we're going to be able to be in the business of building up and not tearing down. Yes, part of loving our fellow Christian, or a lost sinner, at times involves being willing to confront someone in truth from God's word and in love. You see, refusing to confront a person about their sin is as harmful as a doctor refusing to confront a patient about their sickness. You see, there is a time and a place and, and we use God's word to share that. In fact, if, if you're to really understand what Jesus meant in Matthew 7, verse 1, you also have to line it right up next side, right up beside what is said in John chapter 7, verse 24. In John chapter 7, verse 24, it says, Stop judging by mere appearances, but instead judge correctly. Other translations would, would say the, the end part, but instead, judge righteously. You see, that's exactly what God is looking for us, from us. You know, when it comes to judging, you cannot judge a tree by its leaves, but you can judge a tree by its fruit. You can, cannot judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a book by its contents. The key is to judge, to not judge by appearances. In fact, there was a, a lady in an airport who uh, brought a book to read as well as she had bought some cookies, a package of cookies to eat while she was waiting in the terminal for her plane. And, and after she had sat down and, and had grabbed her book, she went to grab the cookies and she noticed that the man sitting next to her had 
take, had been fumbling with this package of cookies and had opened them up. And while she could hardly believe her eyes that the stranger would open her bag of cookies, she then saw that she, he reached into the bag and, and took out a cookie and began to eat it. And, and she was so angry. She, she was getting steamed up, and she reached into the bag and took one and ate one herself. And she, she didn't, you know, the man didn't necessarily say anything, and, and he just reached over and, and grabbed another cookie and ate it. And, man, this woman thought to herself that she, she wasn't going to let him eat all the cookies. And so she went ahead and, and took another cookie, and, and when they finally got down to one cookie... The man reached into the bottom of the bag and he, he broke the cookie and, and left half of it and ate it and kind of glared at the woman as he left. This lady could not believe this man's nerve. She was thinking to herself how fresh and arrogant he was. And well, soon the announcement came to board the plane and this lady got on the plane and she was still hot and angry at the audacity of this man. So she sat down and she buckled her seatbelt and she went ahead and reached into her purse for a tissue and there was her bag of cookies. You see, when we judge by appearance, we miss an opportunity to love people the way God calls us to love them. And maybe lately you have been subject to judging and criticizing those around you. And my desire today is that each one of us would proceed with caution, that we would take a step back and re-examine our own lives, that we might take the log out of our own eye. As the praise team comes, here's the invitation for any of you this morning. Have you been guilty of harshly passing judgment? Is God working on your heart to, to remedy that? I would encourage you. To surrender that over to God this morning. Have you been unjustly judged this morning? Have you forgiven that person? If you haven't, I would encourage you to do that. And maybe this morning you've never been saved from your sins. Maybe there's a lot of things besides being judgmental at times that are kind of weighing you down. God is calling you. He's asking, he's pleading with you to surrender your life over to him, to allow him to help you through those struggles. If you need to surrender your life over to Jesus for the very first time this morning, we invite you to come, to, to, to go into the watery graves of baptism, to die to your old self, and to be raised in newness of life. And if you're joining us online this morning, we'd love for you to reach out through the the invitation, the respond invitation card on our website at pvcc.info. Will you stand with us as we sing this morning?